Proverbs 9.10 says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And we need to have a healthy view of what fearing the Lord is. And fearless is a word that we use here on the podcast all the time. My podcast is named fearless. It's a word that's so important to me, but it can have different meanings in different stages of life and different connotations. But we, are, of course, are living in a hostile um culture that's increasingly hostile to biblical truth, of course. And I wrote a fearless family devotional for those that didn't know. Um, and it's a study on First Peter. It's only 14 days long, but it's to help equip you to spend daily time in God's word and to help you prepare your family to have a fearless faith. And Peter, of course, he wrote this short letter to believers who were living in turbulent times just like we are today. And I will put a link in the show notes of how you can get your own copy, but it's also on my website, sissygramlynch.com. There are days as a parent when I put my head on the pillow, I feel like I've gotten it all wrong and I know I'm not alone in that feeling. We as parents can feel that pressure of doing it all for our kids and carrying that burden. How do we navigate our children's curiosities and all the questions they have in this world that's forever changing and compromising? And honestly, there's some days as parents, we don't get it right. But on today's episode of Fearless, I wanna encourage you with ways that we can navigate through that and that we do not need to panic because God's gonna help us through that. Hi, I'm Sissy Graham Lynch. Welcome to Fearless, helping you have a fearless faith in a compromising culture. One time I was at a mom's conference and I was eager to hear the main speaker. He's not someone I typically agree with, but nonetheless, I was eager to hear what he would speak about that night. And he asked moms, what is your end goal with your kids? Like when you and your spouse are sitting on your back porch, your kids are grown, what would you think that threshold is that we did it? And he said for he and his wife, their goal would be to have relationships with their children. And I said, hmm, I didn't believe that to be very biblical. Yes, I pray for strong and wonderful relationships with my children. And that would be a blessing from the Lord. But our goal should be to raise our children to love the Lord their God with all their heart, their mind, and their soul. And of course, then the relationship would be a result, God willing. Right before he had gotten on stage, I had spoken and promoting Operation Christmas Child on Deuteronomy 6 of how our primary responsibility as parents is the spiritual formation of our children. And that Deuteronomy 6 teaches us these commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts impress them on your children, talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road and when you lie down and when you get up. So what this teacher and this pastor was now asserting didn't seem to align with what I had just read from God's word. And I would see so often parents compromise truth and God's standards because they wanna keep a relationship with their children, especially in the world that we live in right now and in the culture that we're in. And we begin laying that groundwork for those conversations with our adult children while our kids are still young. Those are the tough conversations that I'm having now with my kids when they come to me with these questions and curiosities. And our kids are going to have questions and be curious about what they see in our culture because they are seeing some crazy things that can be very confusing. And I can remember one time Margaret was very, very little 
and we were at a swimming pool and it was the first time she saw a little boy with two dads. And I could just see her at this young age, just the wheels in her head were starting to spin. And I knew the questions that were gonna come. Um, I can remember driving down a road at a church near our house, and it's still there today, with the rainbow flag that's flying outside this church. And my little girl, of course, wanted to go to the church with the beautiful rainbow flag. Then as she's getting older and those questions are getting more difficult and kids in her school, you know, have same-sex parents, that I'm having to teach her and navigate these questions, but on levels that she can understand. And of course, as she gets older, I'm just in the beginning stages of this, as she gets older, we have to navigate those waters. But it's hard for us to have these conversations because even the people around us, like even inside the church, we might not always agree now on what's right and what's wrong because we're seeing a rapid change inside the church with biblical illiteracy and not knowing God's truth. And the sad reality is, although we do pray for our children and we pray to have relationships with them one day, that is my heart's desire as a mom, of course, but we're not promised that. We will likely have times when we have to stand on the side of God and not with the opinions and positions that are brought to us by our children. Because Jesus said, speaking of in the end times, they will be divided. Father against son and son against father, mother against daughter and daughter against mother, mother-in-law against daughter-in-law and daughter-in-law against mother-in-law. And that is a scripture that I've really have wrestled with over the last few months. And I've talked about it with just some older friends who have been there and done that and have raised their children. Because for me right now with my children at 10, seven and one, I can't even fathom one day that we would be divided like that. But that is just a relationship that I'm not promised that this teacher and pastor was trying to teach all these women that night. But that our greatest goal is that to love God with all their heart, mind and soul. And it's hard. It's hard when we think that those relationships can be broken. And I know I have some friends who have grown children and their grown children have walked away from the Lord. And then their grandchildren have been identifying with the LGBT community. And so these grandparents had to make a decision. Are we gonna keep the relationship with our children so we can be with our grandchildren and compromise our standards because their children were asking them to affirm them. And although they loved them, they said they would still go on vacations with them. They still love to come visit them and spend them, but they were never gonna affirm what they knew was not right. And so they've been shut off. Their children and grandchildren want nothing to do with them. But on the opposite side of it, the other set of grandparents didn't wanna lose that relationship. They were terrified at losing that relationship with their family, that they did affirm it. They compromised. They compromised God's standards. And that's a hard reality for, I think, for a lot of us parents to think about. And I pray that one day if I have to come to that decision and that choice when my kids are adult, that I would never compromise God's standards, that I would stand for his truth, but always do it in a loving way with my kids. And of course, a relationship is not a terrible thing. That's what we hope for and pray for. But we can't lose our focus on the ultimate goal, that our goal cannot be the relationship. The goal is that they would love God with all their heart, mind, and soul. And the result of that would be the relationship we will have in the later years. But of course, we want to lay that foundation now when it starts with our kids and starting with those relationships and those conversations so we can help cultivate a relationship with the Lord. 
And just a coworker recently was telling me a story that his son's on a soccer team and his friend's dad shows up dressed as a woman. And of course, the children recognize that something's different. And his son asks, you know, what's going on? And so when my coworker told him on a way and a level that his son would understand, his son's reaction was beautiful. His son wanted to invite his friend into his home so he could see how his family lived and to show him God's love. And this story represents beautifully what our compassionate response with truth should look like. And this kid modeled that perfectly because we are to teach our kids to have courage, but we're also to teach them to have compassion in this world. And it took courage for that little boy to want to invite another little boy who comes from kind of a different background into his home. But it also took compassion for him to want that little boy to be around his family and to hear about Jesus and to see what his family was like. Because our relationship with our kids is one of the best ways that we have to help them, that we are the influential guides. We as parents are help guiding them and navigating through this difficult world. And we as parents are modeling for them how to both work with hard questions and situations with compassion and grace and to love while also holding God's standards in place and holding those standards high. Because the world likes to make us think that we can't do both, but we can just like Jesus did. And just like we talk about here on Fearless often to be 100% truth and 100% grace. But the question kind of arose over this time is with the current cultural climate, how do we steer our children's questions and curiosity when life is so intense around us? And when even we as parents sometimes don't even know how to navigate. Because like I said, this can even be hard to navigate even in our church or around our friends and our family when we might not all agree of what truth is because we've dropped those standards. And the rapid pace that our culture is changing leaves many of us just ill-equipped and unprepared to have these conversations, starting with our kids at a younger and younger age, starting, you know, around four or five, like when my daughter started asking some of these tough questions, all the way up to their 18, because these conversations don't end. They're just a continual conversation as they get older and older. But a few things I would like parents to know, and number one is during these times, do not panic. A word I've been clinging to is assurance. Because Hebrews 11.1 1 says, now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. And we as parents, we don't operate in fear, but we are to parent in assurance, assurance of who God is, what Jesus Christ accomplished on the cross, his love for us and his word that helps us navigate through every situation in life. This summer, my little girl was watching the series called The Small Light, and it's the story of Anne Frank. And I wouldn't there are a few scenes, so if you want to go watch that with your children, be prepared. There are a couple scenes that I had to fast forward with my child, but it just had me thinking that if I had been a Jewish parent or a grandparent and raising my children in the evil of those days, would I have been a parent that was fearful? Would I have been fearless? Would I have been able to stand in assurance of what truth is? And those are just questions that I was asking myself if I was watching these parents through these just evil days. And I think back in 2020 with COVID, you know, it was fearful in the beginning because none of us knew the answers. It was a fearful time. But as time went on and we were able to gain the facts and the truth, we could operate in less fear. And I will say in those days that I never wanted my kids to see fear in me. 
we had the facts, we would do what we could to protect ourselves and that we would live our lives. And so I think that that's just an example of how we've seen our culture operate in fear that would be passed down to a generation. The second is have a foundation. Always laying a foundation of assurance for my kids is one of my goals. And a major part of the moral decline we have is because the church has undermined its foundation. We as individual families have to have a true foundation of God's word and his design. Because if we don't have a foundation, we don't have that assurance. Christians who say they read the Bible once a week apart from church is at a historical low of 24%. That's 24% of Americans say they read the Bible at least once a week. And I think that for us to be able to stand in strength, for us to be able to take action in our communities and in our schools and in our businesses, that we have to know God's word. And one of my favorite Bible verses that I often talk here is Daniel 11. Those who know their God will be able to stand in strength and take action. Those who have that foundation of the knowledge of God will be able to stand in strength when culture comes. They will be able to stand in strength when those relationships with their adult children might be threatened, but they also will be able to take action, action with love for their families, action for love in their communities. So it starts with having that foundation of the knowledge of God. But the third is create dialogue, conversations, and have that open communication. I'm at that important stage with my children because I'm early on in these stages with them. My little girl is 10 years old, and I'm trying to be very intent of having these conversations with her, asking her some tough questions so that she feels comfortable coming to me with that dialogue. And it's like I said, I can, since she was four years old, she has seen culture around her, things that are different than what we are taught in our home. And so I want her to be able to come to those when her biblical worldview is being questioned in school or she's having challenges that I want to be the expert in that. And I want to keep up those conversations so that when she goes off to college and is an adult, that I pray that that relationship is strong enough that when she comes to me. The fourth is model humility and admit wrongdoings. And I'm so thankful. I can have memories of my mother coming to me and saying, hey, sissy, I was wrong or I got that wrong. And I've had to show that to my children. My children have seen a lot of rawness when it comes to me this past year. I've been honest with the struggles that I had with my pregnancy and the struggles I had wrestling with God. And sadly, my kids saw some of that. And so I had to be honest with them and apologetic to them and model humility and admit our wrongdoings. And I think that is so important that as parents, especially in a Christian home, that we teach our kids just because we're Christians doesn't mean we're perfect. Because I see adult children grow up and say, oh, our families were hypocritical. Just recently, Austin and I, on our way to school, got in this big argument. And I said, Austin, we got to stop. I said, first off, mom was wrong. I should not have responded to you that way. And the conversation grew. And where it ended is the point that I want to prove is that I just say, you know what? Mom goes off and I do a podcast. I speak at churches. I tell people about Jesus. But that doesn't mean I always get it right as a parent. And it says what it means is that I need Jesus more. I know that I'm sinner. I know that I failed and that we as Christians recognize that we need Jesus more to help us in that. Help us as a family to love one another, to serve one another, to be quick forgivers in those mistakes. 
So I think it's important as parents to admit wrongdoings and show that humility to our children. And the fifth is, it's okay not to have all the answers as parents. I think we as parents think we have to have them all, but it's okay to tell our kids, you know what? I don't have the answer to that, but let's find it out together. Let's look at God's word and what he has to say or other biblical resources to help you out with that. But also don't forget that God gives us the gift of the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit will give us the words that we need when we need it. But don't forget that the Holy Spirit is working in your child's life just like he's working in yours. So as parents, what is our end goal? And it's back to the story we started with. Yes, we want relationships with our children. I pray for that with my own children, but that shouldn't be our goal. Having a relationship is one of the tools to get us there. Our goal is that they would grow up having their own faith, their own relationship and trust in Jesus Christ. And that we as parents are helping them navigate through that, especially in the culture that we are in. And it seems very difficult. But I also encourage you to have other people in your life that you can look up to. Me, I'm always asking parents who have been there, who have done that, asking them questions. What do you think you did right? And what are some changes you would have made raising your children? Or how did you cultivate those conversations and those relationships inside your family? Because we are in a cultural storm. But we have to be assured and remember that we have a God who controls the waves and the rains and who promises that when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. And that's a reminder that when we're in those difficult times, those difficult times when our relationships might be rough with our kids in different stages, that those rivers, they will not sweep over you if you stay faithful to the Lord. And parents, I want you to remember just something my grandmother used to say to those of you who have maybe not had a loving Christian heritage, who did not grow up in a Christian home. You can make sure your children have one. Even if you feel like it's too late, commit those wasted years and those lost opportunities to God. You can't change those, but commit them to God. And for these years to come, commit those to having a godly heritage into your home. And that we don't have to do this alone. Remember that God provides us grace, patience, and wisdom. And another thing that my grandmother taught me is that parents were not miracle workers. We're not in the miracle business. And salvation is a miracle of the heart. And that's only God can do. But I do think in these difficult times that God gives us what I call the little God glimmers. They're signals that parents should look for to know that we are on the right track. It's like my coworker's son that, you know, man, what a tough situation. What a tough conversation do we have? And not knowing how the son would react, but the son's response of wanting to have that child come into his home so that they could show the love of Jesus. It kind of just is God's way of saying, hey, I know these days are long. I know they're difficult for parents, but mom, dad, you're on the right track. So when God does give you those little bits of glimmers that you're kind of on the right track in these frustrating days, take it and say, thank you, Lord. Still give me the strength I need to face the days to come. And that we as parents, our job is to teach them scripture, read scripture with them, help them navigate, give them a healthy home, the food, the laundry. But it's God's job to salvation and to lead them to that. And that's something we can't do. So our end goal, our end goal is that one day that our children will have a relationship with God, which will prayerfully result in having a relationship with us. Thank you for joining me here on Fearless. 
As always, I encourage you to follow me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Also, if you've missed any old episodes and would like to get caught up, you can check them out on sissygramlynch.com. 